How's everybody doing? Camp report day, kind of like Christmas a little bit. Um, so, obviously, we got here. Um, we got here almost eight months ago. Here in a couple of days, you know, really three things that we went and attacked. Right, first thing, hire staff. Um, you know, being here for eight months now, we got a huge staff. Um, we got the resources we needed to, to go attack it. And I know this is going to be super positive. Everybody's super positive on day one, but I really feel like not just the full-time coaches, but our support staff, our young coaches, the recruiting staff, operationally, man, like eight months in, I'm so confident right now we got the right group of, of men and women to lead our program. Um, beyond excited about going to work with these guys. I walked in this morning, went downstairs in the weight room, went down to the training room, and like just reminded everybody it's actually time for football. Like It's been a long eight months. Um, and everybody was as excited as I was, or at least close to it. So I'll take it. The second part coming in was, was obviously attacking the roster. Man, I, I don't know if you're always going to be 100%, but I feel like we, we filled as many gaps as we could through the recruiting process. The first part of that was evaluation. We, we went out and really kept an open mind through spring, gave a bunch of guys a bunch of opportunities, felt like we left spring. Um, I know the question was, man, are you guys going to attack the portal? We certainly felt like we had to. Um, and so I feel like we, we fixed some things there um, and at least created competition at a lot of other spots. So 38 new scholarship guys, 49 new players in general, um, including walk-ons. Um, just about everybody's here. We're going to have one more addition here at the end of the week. Just a young man that's trying to finish up, graduate, so he can be here that we're really confident about. So felt like we attacked it. Now, a bunch of new bodies doesn't make you better. A bunch of new bodies means there's a bunch of new bodies that we got to figure out um, where they can help us. Uh, so those two things. And then the third part was establishing a culture of accountability, competitiveness, and setting a standard where, where what you're getting at from a day-to-day -day basis is that of winning, meaning the way we work, the way we handle adversity, the way we attack the culture within our locker room, how we treat each other, simply how we wake up, how we eat, how we sleep, how we hydrate, the fact that everything matters. Um, man, I, I think we, we carved a huge chunk out of a deficit that I felt like I walked into. I feel like we've got a long, long way to go and we're heading in the right direction. The key to the next essentially 15 practices the next 19 days is, can we continue to come together? Can we actually handle adversity? That's the one thing that you have no idea. Uh, you, you give them the tools, you give our staff the tools, you give the young guys the tools that they need to actually be able to go handle adversity. Until you face it, you got no idea. So we're gonna make it hard. We're gonna go through some hard here through fall camp. We're gonna find a balance of hard and doing everything we can to stay healthy but we got to be in the heat we got to go hit we got to block we got to tackle we got to we got to go make plays on both sides of the ball we're going to be really smart with how we do it we're going to use the science we have to make sure we're we're being as smart as imaginably possible but at the end of the day can we handle adversity um, i think 
it'll be interesting to see how that goes. They've got the tools they need, but we as adults sometimes can't handle adversity. We're going to ask 18 to 22-year-olds to go smash it in the face. So the coolest part is you get to go line up and do it. It's not on Twitter. It's not on Instagram anymore. Like, we got to go do it. So it'll be, it'll be absolutely exciting. I think the, the one giant shift, if there's a moral victory in any of it, I think when we got here in December, there was very much of an attitude of we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. I think the shift amongst the players has been, I get to do this now. We get to go work as a team towards whatever the goal actually is. The biggest thing, as, as we've set forward, and I'm sure the question will be, like, what does success look like in year one? Um, I imagine, Matt, you were probably going to ask that. Um, but what, to me, the way you define success is the ability to actually handle adversity. Adversity could come in the form of success. Adversity could come in the form of failure. But how do we handle all of it, right? Like, where, where I stay up at night thinking is, man, it goes really well. How do we handle it? It goes really bad. How do we handle it? And knowing that we are still eight months into laying a foundation for what the standard is here as a program, which is to win championships and compete, compete for championships at a really high level. Foundation, eight months in, I feel like is strong. The next month has got to make that stronger for us to be able to have a chance to have success. The cool part is we find out really early in the season if we're any good or not, and then how we handle that is, uh, is going to be the second question to it. So. I feel like we're in a really, really, really good spot. Yeah, I really feel like internally, I'd love to know. Probably told Joel this morning, I'd love to know by the end of the second scrimmage where we are. I don't think we'll name a starter, to be honest with you, um, simply because we don't have to and don't need to going into week one. I think the guys competing for it are so different that I'd rather let Western try to get ready for, for any one of those guys. Uh, but internally, I would love to know after the second scrimmage, which would be 12, it may drag into practice 15. Shoot, it may drag into that mock game week. But, but I would love to know internally. Just as we get ready to game plan, you'd love to know. Once you name a number one guy, is he going to be the number one guy no matter what, as long as he doesn't get injured for the whole season? No. Um, I think just like any other spot on, on the team, you got to go play. Um, you know, it's, it's so different, especially at that spot. They're in a red jersey. You can't touch them. I, I don't know that you really know until you know. I uh, went through it at the previous place um, where I thought I knew and I was wrong. Uh, so I'm humble enough to admit that, too. But I think like every single spot, you're going to get evaluated every single day. The quarterback spot's a little bit unique because game plan-wise, things change. Um, but I could see us playing multiple quarterbacks in a game. Like there, there's some young guys really at a lot of spots where I could see us packaging things uh, for multiple guys. You don't necessarily feel that the quarterback has to be the one guy everybody revolves around, so there has to be one guy. 
I think it certainly helps. I, I think the quarterback has to be the leader in a lot of facets. But I also think until the quarterback wins any games, it's really hard to say that he's the leader as well, if that makes sense. you got to build equity. That, that spot is on display every single snap, so it's a little bit unique. But I don't think that, that it has to be one guy. I really don't. You mentioned you had 38 scholarship players through your whole coaching career. It's been more of a stable depth chart, guys coming back. And it's true for not only here but everywhere. What, what is this like, this new world of you know, 38 new scholarship players, 49 new players, and, and making this work? Yeah, I think it's a it's a been a ginormous puzzle piece of you know it, it's it is a talent acquisition game, but the culture within the locker room is so critical. It's different than the NFL. I think the easy comparison is it's the NFL. Well, yes and no. Those guys are grown men that are pros that are that are providing for their family. This is still college aged young guys that are still trying to figure out who the heck they are. So it's a ginormous puzzle because it's not so much talent acquisition, it's, it's character acquisition, it's locker room fit. You know, the unique thing, and I, I told our staff this almost every day as we talk through recruiting, that you recruit your own problems, you recruit talent, but you recruit your own problems. and. Every single young guy that we've brought in here, we're saying we're stamping them, right? I've told this entire team, you're all our guys because I chose to come here. We chose to come here. You guys chose to stay. So you're our guys. We're your guys. But every single person we bring into the program, we're stamping and saying this guy is one of us too. So I've been probably overly cautious in recruiting, specifically with the portal guys, that they better fit our culture. They better fit what we're saying is important. If being who you say you are is really important, then gosh darn it, those guys better be that. Like they better fit what we're saying. So it's been like a giant puzzle of making these guys fit both the needs we have and then making sure that they fit from a character standpoint. So it's been fascinating. Like, like, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats, but like the GM hat is, is an interesting one. Coach, two questions. Two years ago in Tennessee, you're seven and six coming off a bowl loss. You turn it around the following year, 11 and two. Are you seeing any similarities between what went on there and what people want here? Um, welcome back, by the way. It's great to have you back. Um, heard a lot of good and bad things, but it's, it's awesome to have you back. Um, you know what? I, I really feel like every team is so different. I felt like those two teams were different. I, I think every team individually presents its own challenges. Um, I think I could probably answer that after. Um, you know, when you're in the middle of it, when you're in the middle of the, the process of building and the process of preparing, I, I don't know that you, you can compare a team to another team. You compare experiences, you compare where you're going. But again, like I, I think that'll be a better question certainly in December, but maybe even in a month. Like, I want some hard stuff to happen, and I want to see how they handle it. Um, I want to see how we handle it as coaches. You know what I mean? I, I, I want to – it's really hard. Like, everything's pretty good right now. It's, it's all controlled. 
how they've worked out our OTA workouts. It's all been controlled. Rep counts, GPSs, like everything is so controlled. What's cool about football is coaches got to get the heck off the field at some point, and then there's 22 dudes, and they go, right? Like, so I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. But I think the building of a program and laying a foundation of a program as, as you go from place to place, and I've been fortunate enough to be around some really cool programs that for whatever reason, when I walked in as part of a staff, were not very good. And when I walked in here, we weren't very good or any good. Matter of fact, we stunk. And, but it's also like why I wanted the job was because there's a structure and a foundation and a support to actually go win. And so I'm encouraged. I was encouraged, I guess it was two and a half years ago there, but I, it was like all the same questions where it's like, you had no idea if you were going to be any good. You're coming off a three win team. We had whatever it was, 65 scholarship players. Everybody said our best players all left, man, maybe it is exactly the same, but I'll take, I'll take those 118 guys we got, we're going to start in camp with tomorrow um, because of the way they fought through up until this point and because of the way they've responded to our staff and they've responded to our accountability demands and they've responded uh, to the workload, I'll take those guys and go to work. Like, I am really excited to go to work with this group. There's a million questions. I have no idea how it's going to go but I'm super confident that we've got the right people in place from the player side and the coach's side to go. How they handle the tough will define what we look like as a team. Coach, in the past two years here at USF, the football god of injury has not smiled on them. There's been a plethora of injuries in some key positions. Is there anything you can do to try to change that or is this just yeah, I think there, there's some injuries that are what we call freak injuries, right? Like, it happens. You land a funny way, somebody lands on top of you, can't fix it. Somebody gets rolled up, can't fix it. I think the soft tissue stuff, I'm going to phrase this the best I can without jinxing myself, the football gods, whoever's controlling them, right? But I think the soft tissue things, the things that you can be really smart about from a workload standpoint, player load standpoint, monitoring of high-speed distances, monitoring the actual load, you could be really, really smart about. You know, our guys are, are wearing GPSs. We have a director of sports and applied sciences that that's his expertise that every single day we're we're talking through what the player load should be, could be, is. They've got free reign to pull guys from practice. Our coaches are well aware of, of what those guys' player loads should be, the way practice is structured in terms of the way it's blocked off, how we build up within a practice to then go down, to then go up, to then go back down. Everything is structured scientifically to the best of my ability. So. There's a lot of science that goes into it. So you're trying to take a lot of the luck or football gods out of it, uh, but there's still gonna be freak things that happen. We're gonna try to control, um, c 
control to the best of our ability the stuff that we can control, which is what the last eight months have looked like with our strength staff and then the science that goes into how we actually practice. How do you learn the trust of those guys who have every right to be cynical, like Donovan, Jason Long, those guys? Yeah, there's a lot of them. And then there's a bunch of guys that left the situation they were in to come here too. There's really only one way. Do what you say you're going to do. Build trust. No different than, I think, a relationship outside of here, whether it's my wife or, or my kids or you, any relationship. I think if, if you start on a clean slate, which is what I've asked every single one of them to do, give me a shot. Give our staff a shot. At me, us as a staff, do what the heck you said you were going to do. If you say you're going to do something for the kid, do it. If you say this is our standard, hold them to that standard. Just do what you say you're going to do. At the end of the day, that's all young people want is structure, accountability, and a real authentic relationship that's not scripted, that's not, uh, I don't know, thought through prior to. Just, just be who you say you are. Handle each situation accordingly and handle each situation with each young person with their best interest in mind. I think I, every morning, and I've said this before, but, but I wake up and I've, in eight months, if I've learned being a head coach is a series of decisions. And the only difference between sitting as a coordinator and making decisions and sitting as a head coach and making decisions is just that there's a wider audience that will sit there and either A, co-sign it or critique the heck out of it, right? Like, but so how do you make each decision? Well, literally, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, every decision I'm going to make is be for the best interest of our kids. That's it. Not me, not our coaches, in some ways not USF, like our kids. That's it. Like, I'm going to fight for our kids. I'm going to have their back. And some of the decisions are really, really hard. Like, really, really hard. Like, make every decision for the best interest of the kids. And sometimes that means one's got to go for the best interest of the other 117. But sometimes we got to bring one in for the best interest of the 117. Like, but just make every decision with their best interest in heart. And if you do that, they have no choice but to at least respect it. They don't have to agree with it, but they got to respect it. And so every single situation is different, but every single decision that I try to make, that we try to make, is with their best interest at heart, therefore earning their trust. Alex, you guys have made a lot of strides kind of the talent acquisition part you that in the portal, and as we sit here today, the number one class in the American, that would change, obviously, but. Um, Why will that change? Well, people will commit and decommit. Oh, I got you, okay. Is, is what I'm Could it get only better? <laughs> it could. I know. You, you get my I do. Uh, don't get the fans mad at me anymore. Um, my, my question, though, was what do you kind of attribute that to? What do you think is kind of working in terms of what you guys are able to have been selling? You're good. I got you so upset. You no, I'm not upset at all. You're good. Thank you, Brian. Can you ask that one more time? <laughs> what, what's working on the recruiting trail? <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, I think two things. One, 
the ability to be organized and on the same page as a staff. Um, the, the one thing that we're going to do that we've done for the first eight months is work harder than anybody in the country at this recruiting thing. I think work, I've said this a million times, but work, there's no substitute for when it comes to recruiting. Like you can still outwork people in recruiting. Um, you can work just a little bit harder to establish a relationship. You can work just a little bit harder to figure out exactly who's helping that young man make a decision and establish a relationship there. You can write one more letter. You could send one more text. You can make one more FaceTime call. You can work harder than somebody else. Um, the old adage of it's like shaving. If you don't do it, it shows like wake up and recruit your butts off as a staff. That's everybody. That's me. That's our coordinators. That's our assistants. That's the young coaches. That's the strength coach, the trainers, certainly the recruiting staff. I don't care. Everybody recruits. They walk into any one of our facilities. Everybody's recruiting. That's the most important part in the talent acquisition part is the work of it. The second part of it is we have a lot to sell. Like it's certainly a little bit easier when you're a new staff because you're selling a, a vision more than anything else. But right now what we're doing as a program, what we're doing as a university, the resources, like, like that stuff is real. The, like everybody says, man, like what's the impact of the indoor? What's the impact of the stadium? What's the impact of the football facility? Like the, right now, practic, you know, practicality-wise, having an indoor certainly helps. But it shows that there's a commitment from, from the top, from MK and his staff to our board. Like there's an actual commitment. The stadium, at least right now, like is – is literally just a commitment to going and taking the next step as a program. However you look at it, however you, you spin the story, whether it's, man, we're behind or we are just 26 years into a, our, our evolution as a program, and right now it's that time where we, we're, we're building a stadium. But it shows a commitment. I think when you put that commitment on top of, them giving us the resources to go hire a real staff with real people, with real resources to then go recruit. All of that combined, the relationship, the work, and then the fact that you're actually showing real, like tangible things that you can sell. And I mentioned facilities, but like what, I don't know if it gets talked about enough. I know the, the AAU thing is big, but this is a top 45 public school in the country in Tampa and one of the biggest media markets in the country. Like life after football is a huge deal. Like I've really, the eight months I've been here and how many alums I've met, like every NFL player I meet that lives here maybe didn't go here. I'm like, why do you live here? Like, well, this is the best place in the country to live. Like it's genuine, you know, in terms of like, this is where we want to live. The food scene, the music scene, the beaches, the ability to get places from an airport to major airport, like it's an awesome place to live. I've told almost every single young guy that sat in my office, like there's a really good chance that if you come here, you're gonna live here. Like when you're done, you go play in the league, whatever you do, but your career is gonna be here, which is true. I've worked at quite a few places where like, it's hard to tell a kid you're coming back to, 
I'm not going to name a place, but you're going to live here because you knew they weren't going to. And so like you combine all of that, it's, it hasn't, I don't want to say it's been easy, but it's been not that crazy. Like you're, you're selling all of that. Coach, I'm assuming, and I know that's a bad thing to do, that you've talked to other head coaches. What's the best piece of advice one gave you? Don't change. Trust what got you there. Be yourself. I've gotten that a lot, and I would say that's been stuck with me on, on that part of it. Just be who you say you are. Did you get pushback when you uh, announced to the guy taking the keys, taking the cell phones for 2023? That's kind of like an old school training camp. Um. I didn't take, I'm not taking their cell phones. That'd be jacked up because their calendars are on their cell phones. That'd be an easy excuse. Coach Orlando might take the defensive guy's cell phones, but he's really old school. Um, no, uh, no pushback. I think they're really excited. Like, the advantage to taking this program over is we never talk about man, like it's been done like this, so we're going to do it like this. Like never refer back to anything previous. We learn from history, but we never point a finger. But what makes it easy is when you say, man, we're going to change something that's been done before. Well, what was done didn't work. So it's, there's not like a, you know, like a, a pushback. Now, at the same time, us as coaches, like the b biggest part of every time we do something different we give them a why. We never, never say, hey, this is what we're doing. Shut your mouth and do it. You know, there's always a why. We're moving into the hotel to take the distractions out, to take any excuse you might have for I got a flat tire, to my girlfriend uh, is, is, needs me to run to the grocery store for her, to like take all that stuff, life, out. Give me 11 days of ball, teammates, us together that's it there's still life that happens outside of here but like you got a bus that'll take you everywhere it's between here and the embassy suites and so that's it just take the distractions out i think the fact that in the nfl majority of the teams do that i think it's probably an easier selling point but explaining to them why we're doing it more than anything and we've done that with everything because the one if you talk about what's changed the young guys want to know why. We used to do it because they told us to. That those, those times have changed. Coach, you talked about OTAs. How did they go? And what's the overall health of the team? Yeah. Um, you know, we used every imaginable minute of the time the NCAA allows us. Like, we, we poured as much into these guys as we could in terms of being able to be on the field with them. Um, that was a really cool change a couple of years ago from the NCAA. Um, we've, we've tried to make it like another spring ball. We needed it because of all the new guys that came after spring. You needed from a mental side, like more than anything, the mental side of it, uh, we needed. I thought it went really, really well. Uh, the kids were all in, bought in. It was exciting. Um, health of the team, we've got, we got really two guys that are going to be out all of camp. Keyshawn Singleton at wide out. Um, lower body deal that he had to deal with coming in from high school. Javon Thomas got hurt in the spring. 
with a lower body deal. He, he'll be back at some point towards the end of the season. Keyshawn, we hope, will be back towards the beginning of the season. Those two guys will be out. And then um, offensive lineman Drew Cornelius will be out the first probably half a camp towards most of the camp with a lower body deal too. So really just three guys that are out for camp. Um, other than that, we're healthy and we're rocking and rolling. Coach, the eve of your first preseason camp as a college head coach, how are you feeling? Excited, nervous, all the above? Um, prepared. Um, I was laying in bed this morning like woke up with no alarm, which was kind of exciting, like prepared, like ready, just excited maybe a little bit, but just ready. Like I'm so focused on what today was. I'm like, man, I got this 11 o'clock thing. Do I chew gum? Do I wear flip-flops? What do I do? You know, that was the next thing I had going. Uh, that was a joke. Um, just prepared, just ready to rock and roll. Um, I think confidence comes from being prepared. I feel like we're prepared. We've gone over it a million times. We, the OTAs helped in that regard schematically. Uh, just prepared, ready, and ready to attack things as they come. I'm sure there'll be issues. Go smash them in the face. What's it been like uh, facilitating with some of the bonds that have formed on this new team? Can you ask that one more time? What's it uh, been like, uh, new, new faces on the team and things like that? So um, what's it been like having some, seeing some of the bonds formed on this team? Coolest part of college football, you know, is, is that. The relationships, the watching guys grow up, watching older guys take younger guys. You know, we established a brotherhood program this summer where because they're not old guys, young guys anymore. They're just new guys and guys that are here uh, because of the transfers, but have put a lot on the older brothers to take care of the younger guys, show them how we do things, what the standard is. Um, it's been really cool. That's my favorite part of coaching is, is seeing, seeing guys develop relationships together, developing relationships with guys. Um, I think it's the best part of coaching. College, high school, I, I, don't, I don't think it matters, but watching guys' bonds come together, watching trust levels grow, uh, been really cool.